Ah, it is a Wednesday on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM Channel 204. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday, early October. Postseason baseball is all around. Winner take all games across both leagues in both wild card games. Last night in the American League, tonight out in Los Angeles for the National League wild card game. We will preview that game coming up here throughout our entire show. Of course, news and notes around the National Football League, the middle of your week to get you ready for week number five tomorrow night, Thursday, and then also your Sunday slate as well. And across college football, because listen, CFB never stops. Joining me throughout these three hours, we will have Drew Martin Betts from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern to break everything down, a full-blown preview of that National League wildcard game. In our third and final hour, happy hour, a slew of great guests to give you all the perspectives you could ever hope so. And for this first hour, we have my man, Joe Ranieri, my co-host on Saturday's in-game live, but joining me here on a Wednesday of the morning after joe ranieri down in the sunshine state where i hope the sun is shining today in florida joe great to have you here on the morning after on this wednesday ben thanks man i was actually uh, hoping this week to get those uh six powerball numbers but since that didn't happen this is just as good man so i'm uh, i'm happy to be here in the morning kind of uh, old familiar stomping grounds here uh with the morning after so glad to be a part of it and glad to talk MLB, of course, college football, NFL, you name it. We are ready to make it a profitable week here, my friend. Joe Ranieri knows everything about everything and used to sit at this very desk in this very studio in Midtown Manhattan. Now he is there in the state of Florida. We will get his expertise throughout the show. And Joe, I say it's October, but it has a slight feel of March right now because when you think of these wild card games, it's winner take all. It's a one game scenario. It's survive and advance. And that's what the Red Sox did last night at Fenway Park, knocking off their longtime rivals, the New York Yankees. The Red Sox winning six to two, winning outright as the money line underdog, depending on where you got them. At what point throughout this week, it was plus 102. It was plus 106. It was plus 108. Even closer to first pitch last night at Fenway, plus 110. The Red Sox winning as the underdog. The total for last night's game was at eight. It fell right at eight with a push, six to two. But it was a story of two very different starting pitchers. One unexpected in Garrett Cole, only going two innings last night for the New York Yankees. On the other side, Nathan Avaldi for the Red Sox was fantastic, only allowing one earned run, striking out eight, going over his strikeout pop of six and a half. That was plus money to the over at plus 130. Joe, what did you make last night of the pitching performances, first for Nathan Avaldi and then for Garrett Cole? Well, I thought one pitcher was outstanding. Um, the other one pretty much quit the second inning. Uh, but it wasn't that hard. You know, it was funny, Ben. I think the whole spider attack situation this year, one of the poster children for that is going to be Garrett Cole here uh, moving forward. And given the information we received this week about the attendance figures in MLB, I don't see spider attack making a return visit for Garrett Cole. So you might. Yankees have just overpaid for a guy, uh, gave him $300 million that may never be the same pitcher that he once was, certainly what he was in Houston. Body language is amazing this time of year, Ben, and I don't know if you caught it. I was watching the broadcast last night, and they were doing the lineups, right? They were announcing the lineups out of the dugouts and all that fanfare. It was a lot of fun, but they kept cutting to Cole warming up. 
And man, his body language just screamed, I don't have it. Like he, he looked genuinely worried. That wasn't, and we've seen Garrett Cole, right, in October with Houston. We've seen that look of, you know, he's going to run you over. He wasn't running anybody over. He looked for the first time like a pitcher that wasn't sure exactly what was going to happen when he stepped to the mound. And you know what? It, he pitched just like it. So body language, very telling from Garrett Cole last night. Garrett Cole giving up two home runs last night at Fenway as well. Well, welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience, by the way. Sirius XM, Channel 204, the Mightier 1090 out on the West Coast. Two home runs off of Garrett Cole last night for the Boston Red Sox. Xander Bogarts and Kyle Schwarber going long off Cole in those two innings of work for Garrett Cole for the pinstripes yesterday. A tough situation for Aaron Boone. On the other side, Anthony Rizzo hitting a home run. If you were a Cubs fan last night looking at Schwarber and Rizzo go yard in a playoff game, you might have had some thoughts as well. Giancarlo Stanton had one home run. Looked like he might have had three home runs on the night, but he was the only Yankees batter to have multiple hits last night against Nathan Avaldi, and then a great effort from the Red Sox bullpen as well to close out that game. So the Sox winning one once again, 6-2, to two, winning as Moneyline underdogs. Hopefully a sprinkle of plus money for you at plus 108 or plus 110, depending on where you got it prior to first pitch. The total pushes. Now the Red Sox get another team from the American League East, the top seed in the AL playoffs, the Tampa Bay Rays. And right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, that series price, the Rays a favorite, Joe, at minus 162. The Red Sox plus 138 if you think the Tampa Bay Rays can win by more than two games they are minus one and a half at plus 160 in the series spread we will look at the American League postseason what the updated AL pennant odds look like on the other side of the break and then also touch on what's happening in the National League the NL pennant and tonight the National League wild card game the Dodgers and the Cardinals out in Los Angeles it's October it's Major League Baseball postseason we talk about all that next year on the grid sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Back right here on the morning after on Sports Grid Sirius XM Channel 204 for this first hour from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern with Joe Ranieri. I am Ben Stevens. We're looking at postseason baseball across Major League Baseball. The American League wildcard game wrapped up last night. The Red Sox getting the better of their rival in the New York Yankees. Boston winning 6-2. They are on to the American League Divisional Series against the top seed in the AL, the Tampa Bay Rays. So the four teams left. And the American League playoffs are as such. The Tampa Bay Rays, the Houston Astros, the Chicago White Sox, 
And then the other Sox, the Boston Red Sox. So here's the updated American League pennant odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Houston, despite being the number two seed in the AL playoffs, still the favorites on FanDuel at plus 220. Ten cents shorter, in fact, Joe, from where they were yesterday. The Tampa Bay Rays at plus 250. The White Sox at plus 280. The Red Sox all the way up now to three to one. All four of these teams remaining in the American League postseason within 80 cents of each other to win the pennant right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. So quickly, Joe Ranieri, where do you think the value is right now to win the AL pennant? Uh, it's it's got to be Houston. I mean, it really does. There's no way I can look at anybody on this board and say, you know, uh, give me the Red Sox. No, can't do it. White Sox don't trust the pitching. Uh, let me see about the uh, it, it's got to be Astros and Rays at this particular point, Ben. I don't see any which way to look at anybody else on this board and think the Red Sox don't trust the bullpen, can't get past the Rays. Don't trust the White Sox in this situation against that uh, against that Astros team. It's going to come down to which team can hit better, Rays and the Astros at this point. That's the only way I can look here on this board. So now Houston, minus 130 in their series price against the Chicago White Sox. That ALDS matchup gets underway tomorrow. Houston has named their starter. It is going to be Lance McCullers Jr. No starter yet. For the Southsiders from Chicago, there's been some discussions. Will it be Lance Lynn? Will it be Lucas Giolito? Two 70-plus-year-old managers in this series. Dusty Baker for Houston. Tony La Russa for Chicago. So, Joe, I assume if you think the value in the American League is with the Houston Astros, you feel pretty comfortable about the Astros taking care of business against the Chicago White Sox. Listen, two teams that have amazing experience, right, that are going to be here. But I just, to me, there's something about this Houston Astros team. We love to hate them, which is great for us uh, in, in, the sports, uh, in the sports world, right? We want to hate the Astros, those cheaters. But the reality is, when it comes down to it, you're probably going to be betting on them. Push comes to shove uh, when they <laughs> take on the Tampa Bay Rays. And I don't think they'll have a problem dispensing of the, uh, of the White Sox. Joe, is that a win-win then? So you hate the Astros, but you're going to bet on them. So if your bet cashes, you're like, great, some profitability on the team I hate. If they somehow happen to lose, you're like, ah, at least the Astros get to go home and go golfing pretty early. It's a win-win. It really does sound like a win-win situation there, Ben. It really does. But the reality is if you like money, you're going to have to sometimes side with the uh, with the dark side here. And that's what you're going to have to do when it comes to uh, to betting the Astros, unfortunately. I mean, I think when you look on paper right now, roster-wise in that offensive lineup, it's hard to look past the Houston Astros and all the firepower they bring to postseason baseball. The White Sox, fun and exciting. Tampa is consistently here. We know that. The winners of the AL pennant a season ago. And then the Boston Red Sox, we will see what they bring into this postseason. Yesterday, prior to the AL wildcard game, by the way, Boston was plus 600 to win the American League pennant. After beating the Yankees in that AL wildcard game last night at Fenway, plus 300, having their odds to win the pennant slashed in half. But let's move to the other league. And first, let's focus on the National League wildcard game tonight between the Dodgers and the St. Louis Cardinals. The Dodgers at home inside Dodger Stadium at Chavez Ravine, minus 230 right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook to win tonight against the St. Louis Cardinals. The Cardinals going with Adam Wainwright, the Dodgers with Max Scherzer, 
The Cardinals plus 190 as the money line underdogs tonight. We have seen some movement here, Joe. It opened at minus 230 in favor of Los Angeles yesterday, down by about five cents to minus 225. Now this morning on the game, on the day of the game, it's the Dodgers minus 230. Do you think, Joe, there is any chance for St. Louis to pull off the upset tonight? Absolutely not. Not in a million years. As a matter of fact, if you can get the Dodgers at anything close to about $2, yes, they're a better team. They're a better everything. I mean, the fact that this team actually cashed a ticket for anybody who was uh, obnoxious enough to take the over 104 wins on the season with the Dodgers and you're still playing in the wild card game is mind-blowing here. But the reality is Adam Wainwright, for a very long time in his career, has been absolute cash cow, fading him on the road, backing him in Bush Stadium, where the ball goes absolutely nowhere. Now, his number's a little bit better this year on the road, but he is not the same pitcher on the road that he is at Bush Stadium. So you give me Scherzer in this spot here in a one-game playoff, I get the better lineup. They are an average team. That's all they are. What was the run differential? Plus 45 on the season there for the Cardinals. If it wasn't for the 17-game winning streak, we'd be laughing at this team, talking about, all right, what do we got to dismantle here? I think it's going to be a beatdown of epic proportions, maybe some sort of combination of uh, maybe a first five somewhere in there. I don't see the Cardinals hitting the uh, Scherzer at all. I don't anticipate there's going to be an awful lot of runs. The number is hovering at seven and a half. And whatever Scherzer's K-prop is at now, I know it opened up at seven and a half. Just go over. Uh, just absolutely go over. He'll probably cash that ticket by the fifth end. Scherzer's K-prop right now on FanDuel is at seven and a half with a little bit of plus money to the over at plus 102. That juice might move by the time we get through this show, by the time we get closer to first pitch tonight out in Los Angeles between the Dodgers and the Cardinals. And Joe, what's so funny to me here is, you mentioned it, St. Louis went on a 17-game win streak in the month of September to clinch that second and final NL wildcard spot, disposing of the San Diego Padres, of the Cincinnati Reds, of the Philadelphia Phillies. 17-game winning streak in the month of September and there's still a 16-game difference between where these two teams finish the regular season standings. The Dodgers, a 16-game advantage in the National League wildcard race ahead of the St. Louis Cardinals. The Dodgers won 106 games. They have the second-best record in Major League Baseball this year, falling one game behind the San Francisco Giants, who had 107 wins. And like Joe mentioned, the Dodgers are the first team since 1990 when this was being tracked to have a team win total of 100 games or more and go over that team win total. That's what the Dodgers did this year, and that's why it's still laughable to me that despite the fact the Dodgers season could come to a close tonight, they are still the favorites right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook at plus 200 to win the National League pennant. You have the Giants there at plus 270 with the second shortest odds. Then you see the Milwaukee Brewers at plus 350, the Atlanta Braves at 5-1, to one, and the Cardinals there at plus 950. Joe, is there any way if the Dodgers get out of this NL wildcard game tonight, you see a team in the National League keeping up with Los Angeles? Yeah, the Giants, and that's it. I think the Giants are the dark horse. If you're looking for a team that would be able to take down 
The Dodgers, I think the Giants are absolutely it. Consistency, they have the firepower. They've had success this year against them. I don't, listen, the Brewers are a nice story. I know they were a big underdog throughout the year with that pitching staff and uh, and the bullpen. Don't trust the bats here. I think when it comes down to it, uh, Atlanta, amazing job with what you did once Acuna went down. But this is going to come down to Giants, and this is going to come down to the Dodgers. Whichever one of those two teams can advance will win in all likelihood the World Series this year. The Brewers, a minus 142 favorite in their series against the Atlanta Braves. If the Dodgers win tonight, they would take on the San Francisco Giants. The Giants having home field advantage up in the Bay. What a series that would be in the National League Mm -hmm. Divisional Series. So, postseason baseball, we put it to the side for just a few moments. We also focus on the NFL. Week number five is on the horizon. Some of the biggest spreads you need to know entering week number five in the Sunday slate. That's coming up next here. Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Morning after rolls on on your Wednesday, Sirius XM channel 204 across the Sports Grid Network. I am Ben Stevens, and for this first hour, we are very pleased to be joined by Joe Ranieri. We have talked Major League Baseball postseason action, setting you up for the National League wildcard game tonight as well, also setting you up for this weekend across the National Football League. And one of my favorite things to do, Joe, on a weekly basis is look at the largest spreads we have for a Sunday slate across the league. See where the big numbers are and if we can take advantage maybe of some underdogs or if we can be tempted to lay a lot of points. And if you guys do not know this about Joe Ranieri, he falls the lines with the best of them across the entire business, across the entire industry. He knows where the action is going. He knows what the lines look like and what the movement will be dictated. So that's why we have him here on a Wednesday to go over that. Also, Joe Ranieri is in the state of Florida and we have a sunshine state battle this upcoming Sunday between the reigning Super Bowl champions and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Miami Dolphins. The Bucks, the largest favorite in all of week five NFL action, laying 10 points currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook. This line opened at Tampa minus 10 and a half. The hook has been dropped. The Bucks still favored by 10 against Miami. That over under total is also dropped by a full two points from an open at 49 in the hook, now down to 47 and a half. Joe, when you see 10 points in the favor of Tampa Bay, what is your first thought? It's not enough. It's not even remotely close to enough. Here's the problem with the Miami Dolphins right now. There's internal fighting left and right here. There's a disconnect between the front office and the coaching staff again. We are, uh, Tua, listen, even if Tua was healthy, you know, are they going to be offensively this much better or that much better than than what we have seen? The answer is probably not. The offensive line is in shambles. They overpaid for guys left and right. They gave Devontae Parker a whole lot of money in which uh, he probably does not deserve here. And it all comes down to now I've got to go to Tampa 
And I've got to expect what? I, I got to expect the backup quarterback, Jacoby Brissett, to be able to be close enough. They're, the backdoor cover is not even remotely possible here. They're not going to be close enough even to get a backdoor cover here. So I think it remains at uh, 10. There's nothing you can do with teasing this. There's nothing you can do with anything here other than back the Tampa Bay Bucks to get it done. It was far too close in New England. They'll get it right here uh, at home in Tampa. They'll get the job done here. Nothing about this offense allows me to trust Miami. And from what we're hearing and reading, uh, things are not happy uh, in Miami and Davie, Florida right now. There's some issues there internally, and there's some certainly some issues with that offense. And this is not the team to go into and try and run your way out of this issue. So uh, to me, it's Tampa. It's Tampa two touchdowns. It's this number to me is only going to go higher. Heed Joe Ranieri's advice right there. Do not try to tease this game to get the Bucks minus four, whatever yeah. it might be, by the time we get to Sunday. You need to tease it past two key numbers. You could get it past that key number of seven, but not within that key number of three. And I agree with Joe. Although the hook has come off this morning, I expect it to probably be ten and a half by the time we wake up on Sunday morning ahead of this game in Tampa Bay, Florida. Of course, the Bucs, the reigning Super Bowl champions, have been favored in every game so far this season. But TB, just 1-3 and three against the spread so far this year. The Dolphins, meanwhile, 2-2 two and two ATS, but they are not covering by an average close to 10 points per game. 10, that's the spread that we have here for this game between the Bucs and the Dolphins. Also, one thing should be noted about Miami. Struggles offensively but they were going to rely on that defense under Brian Flores, the fourth best scoring defense in the league last year, now the eighth worst through four weeks of this NFL season. That needs to change for the Dolphins to have more success. I agree with Joe. I think that this line gets steamed up in favor of Tampa, probably 10 and a half, maybe even 11. It will be the largest spread of week number five across the National Football League. The second largest spread is the team the Bucks played this past Sunday night, the New England Patriots, laying eight and a half points on the road against the Houston Texans. We'll talk about that total in just a moment. But the New England Patriots, a 1-3 football team laying eight and a half points, Joe Ranieri. I mean, I know it's the Houston Texans, but eight and a half, that's a pretty lofty number in the favor of the Pats. Yeah. Yes, but again, anybody want to bet their hard-earned money on the offense of the Houston Texans and David Mills? Raise your hand. Put your hand down. You are not betting on the Houston Texans in any way, shape, or form here. And listen, I, I don't blame them, but the reality is outside of what? Those 37 points they put up in week one uh, against the Jags? That was with Tyrod Taylor, and we're not seeing him anytime soon, so... There is no way. To me, there was nothing but positives to take away from that loss. Uh, I thought the evolution of Mac Jones and what Bill Belichick, that offense and that defense, want to do. I don't see any way that Houston can keep this game within single digits here. So to me, this is one of those games where, uh, you know, Bill Belichick versus a rookie quarterback, uh, you know, a young guy there, it's going to get ugly in a hurry. And I, you know, I keep seeing this number between eight and a half and nine, and it, it keeps going to nine because who in their world, what are you going to do? You can't, sat, you can't tease down New England to three. It doesn't make any sense. So you, you'd want to go ahead and just back New England. If you're going to bet this, back New England straight up to win this because they probably will win it either first half 
uh, Belichick will come out and just stick his, uh, you know, make sure that it's not even close in the second half. So maybe a first half New England, but certainly full game. I have no problem laying the uh, the nine, eight and a half, nine points here with Bill Belichick against that Houston offense. Yeah, this spread currently eight and a half in favor of the road team in Houston on Sunday, the Patriots. But it did open up on Monday morning on FanDuel at the Pats minus nine and a half. It has worked by a point in the favor of Houston. I would not read much into that. The New England Patriots, mm. the first three games, they were the favorites of in those games, just one and two against the spread, two and two against the spread so far this season. Houston also two and two against the spread, but winless ATS with Davis Mills as the quarterback as he will be Sunday against New England. Pray for Davis Mills on Sunday because Bill Belichick against the rookie QB is going to dial up all sorts of pressure that Davis Mills probably has <laughs> never seen in his football career. That neck is going to be sore come Monday morning. That is my thought of how the New England Patriots will attack Davis Mills. Mm. But, Joe, I want to focus on this total for just a moment because it is now at 39-and-a-half. It is the smallest total we have seen in the NFL through five weeks of this regular season. 39-and-a-half. That's a Big Ten football game right there. 39 mm -hmm. in the hook. So let's look at that right now. All four of New England's games have hit to the under by nearly nine-and-a-half points per game. Houston, 2-2 two and two to the over and the under. They have split their games. But the last two games with Davis Mills, and we need to talk about that current situation, have hit to the under. Houston has nine points combined in the last two weeks. They were shut out a weekend ago. They only scored nine on Thursday night against the Carolina Panthers. So it's not like Houston is necessarily generating a lot of offense. We have two of the bottom six scoring offenses in the NFL. The Pats themselves only averaging just shy of 18 points per game. Houston, the fourth worst scoring offense in the NFL, 16.8 points per game. So, Joe, the total of 39 and a half, what is the approach with a number that small? Uh, the approach is, how many, first thing you have to figure out is, how many points can you trust this Houston offense to get? How many do you, and then work it backwards from there. Because I, all I'm going to say is that if that Nick Falk field goal goes through, what is this spread in this game? And what, are, what is the conversation we are having right now? Because Mac Jones was the reason they even had a chance in that game against the defending champs, against the, the greatest of all time in Tom Brady, and Mac Jones went toe-to-toe. -to -toe. The kid's evolving. The offense is evolving. And uh, I anticipate that this is going to be blowout of epic proportion. I also don't think there's going to be any reason here for Bill Belichick um, this game is going to be over probably by some point midway through the third and outside of maybe an empty netter or something along those lines. I'm looking at what? What's their team total, Ben? Because that's where I would approach a total perspective with Houston. Tell me how many points we're anticipating them having and then go under that and figure it out. I completely agree. If you're looking for an under in this game, you have to think it's the Houston Texans that would keep this game under. The Pats can score against this Houston defense, so you would go to the under for Houston. Again, nine combined points in the last two weeks mm. for the Houston Texans. You can estimate right now probably a team total somewhere around 10 and a half, 11. It's going to be a very, very small number, so make sure you pay attention to that before you bet it on Sunday. Actually, probably a little bit more than that, but we'll focus on that in a little bit. All right, Joe, the next game we're looking at 
is a divisional battle between the Minnesota Vikings and the Detroit Lions. The Vikings at home, a seven and a half point favorite against the Detroit Lions, who have not been terrible against the spread so far this season. The Vikings laying seven and a half. How do you feel about this game between Detroit and Minnesota? I just, I, I do not like Minnesota in any way, shape, or form. And let's face it, the Lions are the best 0-4 team in the NFL. Not that that's saying much, but there are a number of 1-3 teams in the NFL right now, which I don't have as much confidence in in a situation as I do the Detroit Lions. Detroit is trying to figure out they've got to learn. Young team, uh, Dan Campbell and company, their new coaching staff, they got to learn how to win these games. They should have beaten Baltimore, guys. No, absolutely nothing about it. It was a tough loss last week against Chicago. I do not trust Minnesota to lay eight, eight, anything even close to that. If I'm going to play this game, I'm going to tease Minnesota down to under three points. That's the way I would go. This is the Vikes' first game in the NFC North this year. The Lions have played two so far against divisional foes, 0-2 against the number in those two games so far. We go to college football, and Oklahoma State Cowboy gives you his thoughts. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on Sports Grid, Sirius XM Channel 204. The morning after rolls on. It is time for a Big 12 breakdown with a proud alum of Oklahoma State. Not me, Ben Stevens, but Joe Ranieri. The Pokes in Stillwater on a bye this weekend, but still so much great action, Joe, across the Big 12 Conference and college football as we get ready for week number six across the entire country. And, of course, the focus for people in the state of Oklahoma the focus for people in the state of Texas at the Texas State Fair, the Red River rivalry between the Sooners and the Longhorns. Right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, Joe, Oklahoma favored by three and a half points against Texas this weekend in one of the most storied rivalries in all of collegiate athletics. Two teams coming into this game looking to prove a point. Texas now back into the AP Top 25. Oklahoma at six, but the confidence level behind the Sooners right now seems to be dwindling just a little bit. What do you make of this game between the Sooners and the Longhorns this upcoming Saturday, Joe? I think one of these teams is going to get exposed. Uh, and the question is, which one do you think is going to get exposed? And it's going to be Spencer Radler and OU, who has dominated the Red Rivalry shootout. Uh, if you guys have not had a chance down to the Texas uh, State Fair, to see this game, I, I was at the Cotton Bowl a number of years watching this, and OU has just dominated uh, over the years. It's just they've been that much better. But times are changing here, and this is Sark's uh, first, I believe, uh, first opportunity mm. in this uh, story rivalry. And I got to tell you, uh, offensively, although they seem to get a little bit more on track against Kansas State last week, OU. Uh, I don't necessarily trust them on any way. What are they, 0-4 right now against the number, right? What, Tulane, Nebraska, West Virginia, K-State, all games a heck of a lot closer 
than the market thought they were going to be, or as they should be. Uh, Texas, the only thing I'm worried about there, obviously, is the defense. I don't know how much I trust them, but I certainly trust that offense, Bijan Robinson. Uh, if we need, to, if we've got a lead in that game in the second half, uh, you know what time it is. It's going to be Bijan Robinson time, and he is going to take over this game against that OU defense, who is every bit as suspect as Texas's is. So. If you're going to tell me the defenses are pretty much even, well, then I don't think it's any, I don't think it's even close. I trust the Texas offense a heck of a lot more than I trust the OU offense and Spencer Radler. So neutral side game, Texas fans, OU fans, it's going to be a hell of an atmosphere there. One that I think is going to walk away with uh, Sark being 1-0 and in the uh, Red, uh, Red River rivalry, which is uh, his first uh, go at it. And I think he's going to be very successful. They call it the Red River Showdown now, but I always will refer to it based on the alliteration and based yes. on getting the raspy voice involved, the Red River rivalry between Oklahoma and Texas. Like Joe mentioned, OU this year against the spread has been abysmal. One and four against the mm. spread, but against their four toughest opponents, they are winless against the spread. Beat Tulane by five, they were favored by more than 20 points. Beat Nebraska by only a touchdown, they were favored by 22 and a half. Beat West Virginia on a last second field goal by three, they were favored by 17 and a half. And only a close game last week against Kansas State. Kansas State scoring late there, but Oklahoma only winning by six. So against the number this year, the Sooners and Lincoln Riley have not been great. So when they're laying three and a half right now, that hook could prove to be tremendous on Saturday at the Texas State Fair. You look at the Longhorns as well. Like Joe mentioned, the third best scoring offense in the country so far this year under Steve Sarkeesian. The total for this game is 63 and a half. We know that mm. from a concept overall, Spencer Rattler, Lincoln Riley, the OU offense can be explosive. We have yet to really see it so far this year. OU ranks 55th in terms of scoring offense so far this year in college football. Texas has that advantage on the offensive side of the ball. Can guys like Nick Bonito and Prairion Winfrey be the keys for this Oklahoma defense to slow down B. John Robinson and Casey Thompson? Mm. That, I think, will be the question for Texas, who barely covered a four-and-a-half-point spread against TCU last week. It will be a great game and have a tremendous impact, Joe, on the Big 12 conference standings overall, because right now, when you look at these conference standings on the FanDuel Sportsbook, Oklahoma is the favorite. I'm pulling up the most recent odds because there has been a slight bit of movement over the last couple of days. Mm. Oklahoma now minus 150 as the odds-on favorite to win the Big 12. They were minus 140 just a couple of days ago. And after the win over the Horn Frogs this past Saturday, Texas had their odds get shorter by about a dollar from plus 400 to plus 300. So we have these two teams that have the two shortest odds right now to win the conference meeting up on Saturday. How impactful do you mm. think this matchup will be, Joe, for deciding who will be the eventual Big 12 champion? Yeah, it's going to be huge. And uh, it, I do think it's going to come down to the wire with both of these teams. Oklahoma State is interesting uh, from the standpoint of it's always usually been the defense that has held them back uh, in seasons past. They've always had, uh, you know, the hair, the mullet, uh, Coach Gundy over there has done an amazing job from an offensive standpoint, but they lost pretty much everybody. They lost all the weapons there. Everybody uh, is gone, so they've struggled offensively, but it's been the defense 
that's really been the story for Oklahoma State this year has kept them in game. So if they can buy enough time to be able to kind of write that shit a little bit there for the offensive side of the ball for Oklahoma State, they're going to be in the conversation as well. But I think this is going to be telling. Uh, and I don't know how close. A lot of people think this game might be close one way or the other. I tend to think this has got blowout written all over it here in this game uh, coming up between Texas and OU. And if that's the case, and I do think OU is going to get exposed here, uh, they are just not as good as people wanted us to believe here all season long. And the, look at their ATS record uh, that you had mentioned, Ben. You don't have to look much further than that to know. This is not exactly... OU getting bet like it's OU of the past. I don't know. I love what Sark is doing. I love this Texas team. A win in a game like this for Sark and Texas, man, um, look out. Texas is, uh, Texas is coming for that Big 12 title. When Texas fell to Arkansas, there were some questions about that offense. So Steve Sarkeesian made the switch mm -hmm. that we all hoped and expected he would make. Hudson Card to the bench at that quarterback position. Yep. Casey Thompson, who was on the preseason Heisman board, back in as the starting quarterback. Texas has won three straight games since then. Put up 70 points two weeks ago against Texas Tech. This is the Texas offense we expected. Meanwhile, Oklahoma, like Joe mentioned, one and four against the spread. Still a perfect 5-0 and straight up this year, and that's really what counts for OU as you look at their college football playoff hopes. But they can ill afford a loss based on how they have played through the first five weeks. They're minus 150 to win the Big 12 Conference right now, but I don't think a one-loss Big 12 champion is going to have the most say of making the college football mm -hmm. playoff this year as they might have in years past. So OU can ill afford a slip-up. You mentioned Oklahoma State. At plus 600 in those conference odds right now, there's some good value on Oklahoma State. If we get to the point where Bedlam later in the year, ending out the regular yep. season between Oklahoma State and OU, that could be huge for who makes a long shot bid at the Big 12 Conference Championship game. The 117th all-time meeting between Oklahoma and Texas, the Red River rivalry, mm. this Saturday, noon Eastern time. Again, the Sooners laying three and a half points the over-under total, 63.5. Oklahoma has won three straight against Texas, including a quadruple mm. overtime thriller a season ago in 2020. They've won five of the last six. Texas hoping to buck that trend. Joe Ranieri thinks with getting 3.5 points, maybe even a money line sprinkle, Texas might be the team to come out on top on Saturday afternoon. Another great game in the Big 12 this weekend, Joe. I think a bounce-back opportunity for Baylor. They are home this week in Waco against West Virginia, who has been very up and down throughout the early portion of this college football season. The Bears laying two and a half points as the home favorite. Kind of a secondary Big 12 game this week, but how do you approach this matchup between the Bears and the Mountaineers? So it's a tough situation there because you've got, what, last-minute field goals in, in not one but, what, back-to-back -back games now for West Virginia that, uh, that have kind of mm -hmm. doomed them. I think their record doesn't reflect the two and three. Uh, they could very easily be four and one like Baylor is. So it's a it's a big game for both of these programs here moving forward. And West Virginia now has got to go on the road, like you mentioned, into Waco there. Baylor coming off of that uh, unfortunate uh, defeat there. Uh, one of these two teams has got to turn the corner. And boy, West Virginia has been so close. They usually tend to even themselves out. I do think this is a coin flip game. But I do believe also that those tough breaks there, uh, they tend to even out over the course of a season. So 
I lean West Virginia in this one here because I do believe that they are better than their record shows. And I do think that uh, Baylor, they they are a program that is, um, you know, they're, they're growing. New direction, new coach, new everything. So uh, I think it'll be a good game, but it is a coin flip, one in which I would lead uh, lean towards the Mountaineers here. Yeah, Baylor cracking the top 25 a week ago, falling to Oklahoma State, now back out of the AP poll. When you look at this game, the Bears laying two and a half at home. I would happen to agree with Joe. I think on the road, West Virginia can take advantage of this underdog scenario. Joe and I will be with all of you on Saturday afternoon, in-game live from 2 to 6 p.m. each and every Saturday. We keep you updated with the live odds across the college football slate. And of course, Joe, the game I am most excited for within our window, a Big Ten game of the year. Iowa at home laying two and a half points against Penn State number three Iowa number four Penn State the total indicative of a Big Ten slugfest 41 and a half for that over under because we will be talking about that game in full on Saturday give me your Mm. early thoughts before we get to Saturday afternoon and we get some live betting opportunities on the Hawkeyes and the Nittany Lions Uh, it's very simple first score wins that's it that's what's going to happen here. This is it. It's, that's it. Whoever scores first is going to win that game there. It is a, listen, Penn State has not been on the road, uh, it feels like, forever, right? They won a game in Wisconsin there back in uh, September 4th, I think it was. Uh, and that was a now even that game, let's face it. Um, how great does that win look right now with how bad Wisconsin is? And they got a lot of issues in Wisconsin. Uh, but... Here we are with an Iowa defense, right? A Penn State defense. Two defenses that are just phenomenal right now. Are they the three and four team in the country? Uh, That is debatable here. But this is the biggest test by far uh, for the Penn State and Indy Lions. The only way I could look at this game would be the under here. I think if, uh, if Spencer Petras doesn't turn the ball over here, Ben, um, he's been a pretty good game manager to this point, right? Not asking him to do a whole heck of a lot, letting the defense set him up. Uh, if he doesn't turn the ball over, I think Iowa can win this game here, but uh, the total is where I would look here, and, and you'd have to be under. There's not going to be a whole lot of scoring. I think it's going to be very conservative by both of these coaches. I would anticipate defense, defense, more defense. Give me the under in this matchup. The two best defenses in the Big Ten Conference, two of the top three scoring defenses in all of the country. Not only is the over-under total 41.5, the under has the juice, Joe Ranieri. It's minus 120 to the under. If you want to take the over, it's minus 102 right now for Iowa and Penn State at Kinnick Stadium on Saturday. We'll keep you updated with the live odds. Next up, Fade the Public with Joe Ranieri. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
back right here on the grid. Sirius XM channel 204. The morning after concludes our first hour with Joe Ranieri. It's playoff baseball time. Last night, the American League wildcard game. Tonight, out in L.A., the National League wildcard game between the Dodgers and the Cardinals. It is time to hear from you as we get ready for postseason baseball. It's time for Fade the Public. So, Mr. Ranieri, this poll from last night heading into the American League wildcard game at Fenway Park. We asked the public, how would you approach this game? What's the best bet? Is it Yankees on the money line, Red Sox on the money line as the underdogs, the over or the under of a total at eight that pushed at eight? And of course, the public, ah, you silly public folks, back in the Bronx Bombers as the favorites on the road in Fenway, it did not work out. So, Joe, I don't ask you to make fun of the public here, although you may if you feel so. But we have another very public favorite tonight in the NL wildcard game in the Dodgers, laying a hefty price at minus 230 as the favorites on the money line. We host in-game live together every Saturday afternoon. What do you think is the in-game live wagering opportunity for tonight's NL wildcard game? About 40 seconds left. Well, listen, before you beat up the public, let me just say this. More times than not, I'm fading your ass. But not tonight. The tonight, the public is absolutely right. They're not always wrong, and you cannot. The Dodgers, to me, should be closer to 250, minus 250, minus 260. Wainwright on the road, guys. Go look at the numbers. His walk rate doubles. His home run rate uh, goes through the roof. He is not the same guy on the road that he is at home. Give me the Dodgers all day long and give me Scherzer over the seven and a half on the strikeout prop. And if the Cardinals somehow go up early in that game, those odds on the Dodgers might come way down. Joe Ranieri, find them all over the grid, including on Saturdays in game live, 2 to 6 p.m. Eastern with me. We'll run it back on Saturday, Joe. Thanks very much for joining us here in this first hour of the morning. After hour number two, Drew Martin Betts comes along for the ride. That's next.